Hello, Crowdies. We're back with another episode of Crowded Than Here. And when I say we're back, I mean we're back with a new Crowded House album, their first new music in over a decade, with a live stream concert so we can all go to the show. And we're back with a conversation among Crowdies to dissect Dreamers Are Waiting. Representing New Zealand by way of Ohio, Florida by way of Singapore, Colchester, England, and Richmond, Virginia by way of Massachusetts, I hope you'll enjoy our esteemed collection of experts on all things Crowded House as they reflect on the album and their own hopes and dreams. Recorded via Zoom, here's our Dreamers Are Waiting album review. I am glad to have you all on and uh, would love to introduce the the panel of crowdies that we have on the uh, on the call here today. Um, so let's see, we've got Teresa Housel, Sasha Lawrence, Charlie Mears. So glad to have you all on the call. And uh, I thought we'd you know just start off by um, you know sort of introducing ourselves. And um, I know each of you has a has a bit of a um, uh, you've got some recent stories and some pretty cool stories that. Uh, I would love for you all to, to share with us. So, Teresa, you want to tell us who you are and uh, tell us about your magical experiences of late? Yes. One of my favorite things about being and following artists is fan communities. I, even outside of Crowded House, I have a real love for bringing people together. I love connections with other people, like especially around the world. And I've been like that ever since I've been a little girl, just really fascinated by other countries. And I love people's stories. And that's probably one of the things I love the most about the fan community is just hearing just the knowledge of, it's incredible. Like the knowledge of people, so many people have met the family, like um, have met Neil. So I just want to say, I just really have found that incredible just to meet so many people and when May asked me to be one of the admins on one of the Crowded House Facebook pages, I was really excited to do that. I used to, a few years ago, run a website for another artist, and you may not have heard of him, but his name is David Archuleta, and he was on American Idol in 2007, I believe it was, and that really gave me a lot of insight um, into the music industry. I'm really interested in how the music industry runs and the whole mechanics behind it. So um, that's just like a little background, like why I came into it. And then in my teaching life, um, teaching at the university level, I teach media studies and also have an interest in popular culture and music. So that's kind of feeds into the whole thing. And also um, people's stories. I just love hearing about people's experiences. But a little bit about me, as you maybe tell from my accent, I live in Wellington, New Zealand, which is on the southern end of the North Island. But I'm not from New Zealand. I'm originally from Northeast Ohio and I've lived different places around the world. In the 1990s, I lived in Perth in Western Australia and I just really loved this part of the world. I really, my personality fits with it really well. And at that time, I really wanted to go to New Zealand. I was there on a postgraduate fellowship and it just didn't work out. It was just too expensive to go to New Zealand at that time. So I always wanted to visit the country. And so fast forward quite a few years in the um, in 2012, I had the opportunity to do a sabbatical for a year and I applied to go 
to New Zealand. And I originally wanted to come here for a year, but that didn't work out. So I came for three months in Wellington. Basically, we were just checking out the city and trying to figure out if we wanted to try to move here on what's called the skilled migrant scheme for professionals. And my husband, Timothy, being an engineer, New Zealand has real shortages in some places. So we were able to, um, he was able to sponsor us to be able to emigrate to New Zealand. And that was back in 2013. So times went pretty quickly, but Crowded House, it's been interesting to explore them while living here because I did not know I knew them from high school and I knew Don't Dream It's Over, Something So Strong. And I knew the split ends, like I Got You. I remember those hits when I was quite young being played on the radio. But really what really happened is late 2017, I was in my study and I just decided to explore some music that I remembered from high school. And I really liked the Don't Dream It's Over video. I remembered that vaguely. And I watched it and I thought, oh, I wonder... I don't know anything about this band's catalog or I didn't even know where they were from. I thought they might've been English. And then I just started Googling the band and I quickly found their performances from Together Alone, early early 1990s. And I thought, I really thought this, I sat there in silence. I think I watched the Intentation video four seasons in one day and I just sat at my desk and I wrote about it in a blog and that's really what happened. I sat there in silence. And I said, where have you been? What have you missed? And I, to be honest, I feel sometimes really sad about it because I feel a real sense of grief that I have missed 30 years. And I would have loved to have seen them when they were younger too. And I've since found out like through the Facebook page, one of the other people she has, I haven't seen her in a while, but she posts on our page, her and I went to the same undergraduate school in Ohio. And we were both there. We overlapped for a few years. And she told me at the time, and it would have been like my fourth, third or fourth year there. She said she had posters all over campus to go to the Cleveland stop of the Together Together Alone tour. It absolutely kills me now to know that. And she's like, I couldn't get a ride. She's like, nobody knew about them. And she finally made it to the concert. And I would have loved to have seen that tour. I will tell you, I have a lot of their catalog to scratch. Um, I've only begun. I keep my my problem is, is I keep playing the same things over and over again. The Together Alone album I is a spiritual experience for me. And the last song, Together Alone, I think because I'm living here and I kind of understand and I could mention a little bit about that, but it's so emotional to listen to it because I feel such a even a sense of grief and loss that I didn't discover them. But as many people tell me, including the other admins on our page, they said, Teresa, be glad that you've discovered them. And I will say, I'm so thankful that I discovered them when they're, when Neil was still publicly performing and still releasing new music. The other thing I wanted to mention is one of the reasons I really resonate with them is one of the first things I did was I read the books about the band. I read Something So Strong, which is by Chris Burke. And you may not know, but he's a really well-respected New Zealand music journalist and historian. And he's interviewed a lot on the radio. He lives in Wellington and I haven't had the chance to meet him, but um, Neil has said that that account is pretty accurate overall, which doesn't surprise me. And there's a few more, another more gossipy book that I've read. But I will say that Neil and I were quite, we have quite similar backgrounds in some ways. So I really relate to a lot of the ways that he looks at things. And um, I haven't shared a lot about it, but I have talked with Neil a bit. And 
I have shared, a, a, I, well, actually when I talked to him, I could barely think straight because I could barely comprehend that he was asking me questions. <laughs> but we have similar backgrounds in that we're both from rural towns. We're both from religious backgrounds. We had similar family upbringings. Although as I've told him, his family was much more stable than mine. One, mine was quite unstable being raised by a single father, but we were similar in that our parents really supported us and really wanted us to achieve our dreams. And I've also told him this myself. We're also very similar in that both of us have are really big dreamers. Like we just went for it. And it's, interesting to like learn about I haven't been to his hometown yet but I know a bit about um, the Waikato where he's from and to break out of that in the 1970s especially was huge I mean it was much New Zealand was really much more separated and it must have been almost like going from a black and white movie to a color movie when he went to America for the first time and I know a bit about the cultural background in which he grew up in the 1950s and 60s in New Zealand. And, and he was raised in a very um, conservative Catholic community and very much dairy comp, um, farming. But him and I have similar backgrounds in some ways, but we both were not have not been afraid to dream. And I'm not going to get into my background, but the fact that I'm even living here now is even a miracle. Like when all the different things. And so I really relate to him that way, just the courage that he's had to be able to do that. And also finding the extraordinary in every day. And I've told him this myself, just that's one reason I love his lyrics is just like walking on um, like frosty grass or rocking a child to sleep or just the beauty that he finds in every day or in flowers or and both of us like the same authors, which is not surprising to me because it's kind of hard to explain. But when he said one of his favorite authors with Ian McEwen, that didn't surprise me at all because it's like a perspective. And I hope I get the chance again to talk to him again someday and be able to talk a little bit more about our backgrounds and just his perspective on things. But I will say that it's just been, um, as I wrote about in a blog recently, it's I really like his appreciation of beauty, like in everyday life and that um, just emotions that he brings and just the courage that he's had in his life to really go for his dreams and um, just his perspective. I really resonate with that a lot. So it's been a real privilege to get to know the music. Thanks, Teresa. You know, um, the, the jealousy, I think, is pretty, pretty strong on this side of the <laughs> world. Um, the fact that, um, you know, not only do you get to live in New Zealand, which uh, I have been to, and it's an amazing place, and I, I look forward, you know, really look forward to going back, um, but you live in a place that in the course of this pandemic has been uh, a little more rigorous and um, uh, preventative in their approach, and so much so that you were able to go to concerts. What was that like? That was incredible. Um, when they first announced they were getting back together, it was the Byron Blues Fest. So this would have been, I believe it was before, was it before Fleetwood Mac in 2018? They were originally going to yeah. do the Blues Fest. Mm -hmm. And I was in my office. So it was afternoon New Zealand time and I was getting ready to go to teach my class. And I got a, a message from one of the admins and she said, have you seen the news? And I got online and it said, first of all, I never thought I would see them live. And that I could even fly to the show was amazing. And so I went to my class and 
the students thought I was on drugs because I couldn't stop smiling. They're like, what are you smiling about? That's the other thing, discovering them here. It, New Zealand is such a small place that I've met people who know Neil like and know him. And you have to be very careful what you say to people because there's probably a connection. And I've have had ran across people that know people like have who have opened for the band and are good friends with Liam and you have to be very quite careful here in such a small country, but seeing them live when they, so the Byron Blues Fest didn't happen because of the pandemic, but when they announced the tour here, one thing I really respected about um, Neil is that he tried, he didn't try to pull any favors with the New Zealand government and do managed isolation at his home, which some people have done, like the American ambassador did that. So they are being quiet about it, but I really respected that he did managed isolation in the hotel. But when they announced the concert, it was huge news here. And just going to the concert, as Neil said, like his the first show they did, he said it was like everyone was in shock, like we were all together. But going seeing them live was just amazing. The first show I saw was in the Wellington, one of the the arenas there, and the honestly the sound was terrible. I couldn't see or hear anything. It was general admission. It, it wasn't even built for a concert. But the second one, I went to an old movie palace type of place in Palmerston North. And that was incredible. I could properly hear. And Reb Fountain opened for them. And she's also a US expat. She moved here as with, and she's got some Canadian roots and she moved with her family as a child. So I was able to chat with her a little bit and about our backgrounds, but yeah, it was incredible. Um, the crowd was a bit all ages that I saw, a lot of old time fans, but a lot of younger people, but they, to be honest, at the Palmerston North concert, I started crying. It was just so, I was so overcome by the beauty of it. And the light show, if you have a chance, when you see the show, if they do the same light show, was extraordinarily. And then what was on the screen, it was, it was, it was an art, it was an artistic performance, as I said in my blog. It was much more than just a concert. I was absolutely just really moved by the performance and it came at a time that I had to make a hard decision and it gave me the courage to do that. Uh, so great. I will definitely post the, uh, the blog for the listeners to, uh, to oh, read. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, um, it's pretty moving. And as I said, you know, the jealousy meter is, um, you know, way over to the right, uh, from this side of the world. So, uh, thanks. Thanks for that, Teresa. That was You're really welcome. great. And, um, so let's let's uh, transition to over to Sasha here, and we're going to uh, eventually transition to a review of uh, Dreamers Are Waiting, but uh, which is something Sasha is um, maybe known for doing an album review. Um, but I think you're known for some other things too. So why don't you, Sasha, give us the uh, the rundown on Sasha Lawrence and uh, your connection to Crowded House. Um, so I'm from Singapore, actually. I don't think I mentioned that earlier. I'm from Singapore and I live in Florida at the moment, um, but I'm trying to move um, to New Zealand, actually. Uh, but yeah, so I got into Credit House back in late 2016, around the time they were doing those um, encore shows at the Sydney Opera House. Um, and I, I only knew like a couple of songs of theirs, um, but I was like, and they did that rehearsal in Auckland at Roundhead Studios and they had that live stream on Facebook. And I remember Neil tweeted like, oh, there's a phone number that fans can call in if they want to. 
So um, me being me, I was, uh, was I? I was like 17 at the time. So I was just like, okay, why not? That, that'll be, uh, it, it'd be a laugh if I got through. <laughs> so it was like two in the morning and I just phoned him like, you know, on an impulse. Um, and my phone bill was like $200, but <laughs> I got to talk to him and he was just like really cool. Um, I remember I just joked about like, oh, I was thinking of coming to Sydney to see you um because I mean it was a joke because it was like a week away and I didn't have the money obviously and um Neil just said like spur of the moment he was just like what if we could swing a flight for you and I thought he was joking but he wasn't lovely well I think a call so time for a phone call oh Charlotte's got a message oh yeah we'll take a phone call can hello is there somebody there Hi, this is Sasha from Florida. Hello, Sasha from Florida. How are you doing over there? I just... I, I, I was wondering if I should come to Sydney to see you all. And, and did you manage to, to swing it? Um, I'm trying my very best. Well, really? So it still might happen? Yeah, it still might happen. What's it going <laughs> to take? What's it going to take? Oh, I don't, I don't know. My family says no, but my heart says yes. <laughs> I love the fact that you're not giving up. Is it, a, is it a financial consideration or? Yeah. Is it? How about if we could swing a flight for you? I, I thought I was dreaming and it was just really, really gracious and really, really amazing of him and his team trying to make that happen. For me, um, unfortunately, I couldn't end up going in the end because because of um, some family issues. Um, but I mean, I just wanted to say that, you know, it was all very above above board when they found out I was 17. They were like, oh, we'll pay for, for you know, your parents to come with you or something like that. But, you know, unfortunately, I couldn't swing it. But um, it was just it was it was huge because I mean, like, who would do that for some random fan that you just talked to on the phone for a couple of minutes? And um, I was just really touched by his kindness and his generosity. Um, and even though I couldn't make it, he had his um, assistant send me uh, some shirt, a shirt from the show, which was really, really nice of him. And I was just determined. I was like, okay, I couldn't make it this time, but I'm gonna go see him next time. Um, so I worked two jobs to save up the money. Sorry, that's my, that's my cat, like <laughs> making a ruckus. Um, but I worked two jobs to like save up the money so I could go see him. And I finally did get to go see him in Auckland in March of 2018 when he was doing the Out of Silence shows. Um, and it was just really, really amazing that I got to make it there. And I met him. Oops, <laughs> that was, <laughs> that's. That was that's, amazing. That's what the... was that? It's like the cat <laughs> threw something at you. Yeah, was... she's playing with the, with the blinds. She's just... <laughs> this so, is Stella that was amazing <laughs> she's she's a little devil but anyway um yeah so I got to I got to meet him which was really really cool and I remember on the phone in 2016 we had talked about um mean to me being my favorite credit house song and he said oh it would be quite appropriate because the first line is she came all the way from America and I remember when I met him in New Zealand he said oh so you're Sasha and he said you've come all the way from America haven't you which was just really, it was really sweet. And he's just a really, he's a really cool, cool bloke. And 
I think it's really important that uh, it's really nice when you like enjoy somebody's music, but you also know that they're a good person like behind that because you know there are some people who are great artists, but they're really awful people. <laughs> so it it's really nice that Neil is really really. And I went to New Zealand, and everyone only had good things to say about him. Really, like even even um, I had people say like, "Oh, I'm not really a huge fan of his music, but he's a really good guy." and you know so he's just he's just really cool and i've seen him a bunch of times uh with on the light sleeper tour i went to europe to go see them so i'm with fleetwood mac a couple of times because that was the best chance i could have um seeing them in america um and i was supposed to go see crowded house uh in the uk uh summer of 2020 and now it's become next year but hopefully i'll be able to make it so yeah um and i've never seen crowded house because i was supposed to see them that one time so hopefully hopefully next year fingers crossed i can make it <laughs> when the when the world opens up again right hopefully yeah that will be the case and we'll all have uh maybe we can all share a um you know share a beer together um at, at a concert wouldn't that be amazing so thanks sasha so i love the i love the perspectives that um we have on here and we're going to circle back with um with charlie who we've uh, we've met before with uh this circus life so charlie good to good to see you again hey, and good to be you get to you get to represent the uh i think the true musician the the recorded artist uh on this panel so uh glad to glad to be talking with you again what's new with you uh, well, it's very kind of you to say that. I can't, I can't compete with these stories. I have <laughs> envy too. So I've never met the man, and I want to meet the man. So I'm very envious. That's that's wonderful. And um, it's nice to hear that he's a nice chap. I always knew he kind of would be. You've only got this to the songs to kind of hear that, haven't you? So yeah, my name's my Charlie. I'm from the, the UK, and um, I think I had an opportunity a few episodes back to kind of share my share my story, so I won't go kind of all, all the way through that again. But a little quick summary was back in the early '90s, I was asked to join a band called Crowded Fish. And at that point, I hadn't heard of Crowded House before, uh, and I joined this band. A friend of mine asked me to join the band, and the songs were fantastic. And I just thought my friend was a brilliant songwriter, and so I tried, started to hear these songs on the radio. And then it soon became apparent that I joined a Crowded House um, cover band. And I was instantly hooked and um, uh, did, a, did a deep dive. Woodface um, had recently come out when I seen him on that tour. And of course, I got the experience of seeing them live and the fun of that and the banter between the band. Um, yeah, I've been, I've, been, I've been a huge fan ever, ever since. And I'm a songwriter. And, um, you know, I always joke, but I genuinely do when I write a song, try and think what would what would Neil do? <laughs> and that's... Um, Sometimes that gets me in trouble because sometimes it's very close to what Neil would do. And I have to rewind a little bit because <laughs> I've picked up little melodies and phrases just from playing the, playing the crowded house music so much. Um, so that's kind of, uh, that's kind of me, really. <laughs> and uh, you, you released an album, uh, your second album, and it uh, looks like maybe even have an opportunity to perform uh, sometime yeah, soon. So What's, how's that looking? So this Circus Life is, is, is my band and I, I put the band together a year and a half ago. I've lost track of time, maybe 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 two years ago. And we've had two albums out. And we've only done our first gig because of COVID, because of everything else. We've only done one, one gig, we had our first gig last Sunday, actually. So um, that's been a bit weird. So, but it means I've had spent so much time not playing that I've been able to write some more songs. We've got another 
14 songs kind of banked up um, because you, when you can't get out and play, what else are you going to do? So, yes. So it, things are going great with the band. Great that we're, you know, we've got stacks of songs um, because Time at Home has allowed us to write those songs. And um, now that um, we're able to get out, we've got four festivals booked. One's just been cancelled because our government in the UK keeps changing their mind on how many people they're happy to have in a field and how many people they're not happy to have in a field. So yeah, all is all is well, all is good. <laughs> that is great to hear. Um, you all might be familiar with the, the artist uh, Colin Hay uh, with Men at Work and he has a new album out as well um, called uh, I Just Don't Know What to Do With Myself. And Charlie, it sounds like you didn't know what to do with yourself. So you just you just wrote a bunch right. of songs. <laughs> I saw Colin Hay a couple of years ago, actually, supporting Bare Naked Ladies in the UK. It was oh, really? Uh, man, yeah. We were supposed to see him, you know, two years ago and everything gets pushed back. So hopefully April of 22, we will finally see Colin Hay. But hey, we're not here to talk about Colin Hay. We're here to talk <laughs> about Crowded House, right? Um, <laughs> we're here to talk about new music and talk about the new album. Uh, it's been over a decade since we've had new Crowded House music. Um, obviously, uh, well, maybe not so obviously, you know, I sat down and did this the other day and, and looked at um, year by year, what has Neil Finn or Crowded House or Pajama Club or what have they produced? And I'll tell you, not much time goes by in between products. Um, mm -hmm. I counted at least 18 albums of some, some form or another oh. over a 35 year period, mm -hmm. which is just amazing. So we are... Um, I think I probably speak for the group here that we're all just blessed to have that kind of consistency of music for such a long period of time. And um, well, we'll see how this album review goes, but I, you know, I think the consistency and the, the good times are, are still rolling here. So um, let's, uh, let's, let's dive in. Let's talk about uh, Dreamers Awaiting. I'm curious to know, how did you all listen to it the first time? Was it, was it streaming? Was it, uh, did you get a CD? Did you get a vinyl? How, how did you listen to it? Just real um, quick. He had that Fang Radio streaming party, which was oh, actually, yeah. I think it was like, uh, well, you and I are in the same time zone. So it was like an hour after it dropped. It dropped earlier for everyone else. Yeah. Um, so I listened to it like on Spotify, like at midnight. And I got, I bought the record, but they sent me the wrong color vinyl. <laughs> I think it's happened to a lot of people bought the tricolor and they sent the blue one so still I like I like the blue one yeah oh, it's, I mean, it's, it, 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 it's all right but it's, it's beautiful it's, oh, that's cool. it's beautiful yeah no I, I want the tricolor though <laughs> well, I, well, I, I listened to it um I listened to it on the on the blue vinyl I kind of waited to run down to the record shop and it was interesting because they had they had blue vinyl and they had the bone colored vinyl mm -hmm. didn't have mm -hmm. the tri vinyl mm -hmm. And um, listen, I love Crowded House and I'm happy to spend money on them. But for, for some reason, the bone colored vinyl was about 10 quid more than, than the blue colored vinyl. Is that right? And, and there didn't seem to be an extra track or an encouragement <laughs> I would have happily, happily paid for. So the blue, that's how I had heard it for the first one. Oh. <laughs> I heard it for the first time at Neil's um, old launch party that he had in his house that he streamed and I just want to say him doing that and ordering a bunch of pizzas and inviting <laughs> friends over that is such a kiwi thing to do everybody I've told here they're like that is so typical like New Zealand like literally just order pizzas invite some people over and 
stream it i think he's that's another thing i like about him is i think he's hilarious like he had the two different live streams going and it he was befuddled trying and eating pizza it's but it's very he's very kiwi in a lot of ways just very down to earth and here's here's who i very straight up guy it's like grandpa the rock and roller you know walking around a pizza party let's let's dive into the album um and and maybe uh let's let's maybe do a track by track and um and then we can do a bit of a summary here so uh bad times good what what do we think folks love to hear your your thoughts on this it's a classic Mm. i didn't really like it at first but i it's grown on me yeah 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 when i hear like that song for example it it's definitely the same band as the earlier albums and they've it sounds like it's the same sound but it's evolved yeah i think i think it was just generally just a, a, a very oh i was just gonna say you know i think just generally a very warm opening you know it was it was not in your face nor was it so so subtle that it puts you to sleep it was just a nice kind of warm welcoming um track and and the, I've started playing with uh, my friend Mike here, a bass player. So I start picking up on the bass lines more uh, in songs now than I think I ever have. And I just, I have loved the bass work on this this album. It's just, uh, it's just so beautiful. So, um, yeah, I think you know, generally a, a, a great track to start on. But uh, Charlie, you had something to say. Sorry. Oh no, I was just going to say. Well, I think it's kind of a vehicle, sort of um, t- together alone. Really, I could, I could see it mm. sort of that 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 set of songs. And I like the fact, I know we're going to recap on the whole album later, but I like, I like the fact that the album makes a statement sort of all the songs as a, as a, as a, as a, as a collection. You know, they could, have, they could have had some killer track to, you know, to, to track one side, it could have been a killer track. And I think it's quite a nice way, quite a sort of gentle way to start the album. I loved it. Yeah, I, I, I like the way that you said that, um, because actually, you know, three of the next four songs were the singles that were released, you know, prior to the album. Um, and, and for me, you know, it was, it was interesting to see how the singles fit in to this catalog, you know, how into the flow and into the, you know, just the larger collection. So, um, you know, Playing With Fire was uh, the second, second one, um, uh, second track. So I'd uh, love to hear your, your thoughts on Playing With Fire. My favorite song on the album, I think. Um, I know a lot of people, a lot of people didn't like the singles at first, but I actually loved all three of the singles right away, mm. uh, which was kind of unusual. I, I, I kind of still kind of prefer the singles to the rest of the album, which is, I guess, kind of controversial, but um, I like playing with, I like, I like the upbeat sort of songs. Like I know Neil's calling card is like the ballad kind of songs, but I love when he writes, you know, upbeat kind of songs like that or locked out or holding the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I love the video for it too. It was really creative. It was really, it was really funny. Um, and yeah, I think I've played it. I want to say like five or six hundred times since it's come out. It's that good. I can't stop listening to it. It's just I love it. And it goes kind of uh, goes kind of sort of sort of uh, sort of uh, sort of baccarat with the strings and stuff, doesn't it? Towards the yeah, working part because I love all that. Yeah. So it's the the lounge singer. I think it's the Neil, okay. you know, lounge yeah. singer feel. Um, yeah. And this is a case where the video, I think, really, really adds to the song and really, you know, because um, the first time I heard this song, I think, was from 
a fan video from one of the concerts. And, and my first reaction was, what was that? <laughs> you know, but then you, but then you hear it clean and you, and you kind of see the video along with it. And um, I don't, you know, one of the things I'm taking away from this album is just how much fun they're having. And, and that video for me, was just like, they're just having so much fun and I'm so happy for them, particularly, you know, in the, in the times that we're in, it's just, it's great to see, to, to have that much fun. So, um, yeah. It was amazing to hear playing with fire, like that one to the Island, whatever you want and show me the way they did live, at the, especially the second show. Cause I think the Wellington show was a little bit earlier in that tour. So they were still trying out the new material, but seeing it live was just amazing. And they had red fountains and her and her band came on and joined in, mm. but that song playing with fire and show me the way they have, there's a real retro I don't know what you all feel, but I felt there was a real retro feel to this album, like a 70s. Yeah. I mean, yeah, kind of his background of the Everly Brothers, the Bee Gees, um, Frank Sinatra, even there's, I can't quite put my finger on it, but there's some, I like how he's always trying to evolve as an artist and pushing himself, but it felt it's different than Together Alone and it had a different vibe to it, mm -hmm. but it felt very retro to me. That's great. I, I wonder who the... Uh... I wonder who the German is. <laughs> I want to know yeah. who the German is, right? <laughs> it's one of these days we'll get some interpretations. I, we, we know that, you know, Neil likes to leave things up, up for interpretation, but um, yeah, I, I, want the, I want the background and the dissection of these songs at, at some point. Um, so uh, the, the other, uh, one of the other singles that came out uh, was uh, To the Island and the third track on the album. Um, First impressions, thoughts on this? I love that transition on the record from playing with fire yeah. to the island. That's mm -hmm. really, that's that. like the best moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's really nice, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Really? About Spotify. The one thing about Spotify, I always forget, and it just jolts from that song into a different song. And I'm like, no, I must play the vinyl. I want to hear playing with fire going into mm. the island. That's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really, it really is masterful. That was, that was beautiful. Um, mm. And, you know, and I will say, I, I listened to the album on Spotify first at, at midnight, like Sasha did. Um, and then I, I was so moved by the album that I, I finally ordered the vinyl and so thankful that I, I am listening to it on vinyl and just cranking up the stereo because it, there's just, there's so many layers to, to this music that you don't, you don't get through your television or your computer. The, the vinyl is really I've, I've found you know a fantastic way to, to listen to this so yeah that transition um it, you know really really comes out on the vinyl uh, for sure um you know i should say you know going back to the second track playing with fire it, it's kind of interesting that you, know, you sort of go from that um kind of that warm welcoming opening track to something a little more upbeat and you know a, a change of pace and to the island kind of transitions us maybe back a little bit um uh, the video for To the Island, I absolutely love. Um, it's just, you know, again, how much fun are they having? <laughs> They're just having so much fun. Um, uh, all right. And so we make another transition, the fourth track to Sweet Tooth. Uh, and I, I want to I hear what you all have to say about this one. I like it. I think that's my second favorite after playing with fire. I think it should have been a single, but um, controversial opinion, maybe. But <laughs> I I like it because it sounds um, 
it kind of reminds me of my other favorite band, uh, Franz Ferdinand. Like, I think the guitar sound kind of, I like the guitar sound. I love, I'm obsessed with the solo. I don't know who did it, Liam or Neil, but it's, too. it's, yeah, I, I love it. It's, it's so joyous. It's, it's, I love, I love that song. That's, that's another, I love the bridge of that song. That's, Neil always writes songs with great bridges. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's probably my favorite moment on the record. I take, I take back what I, I said about the transition. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to spoil the party. I'm here to help make the party better, but I'm not a huge fan of it. There's a safe, there's a safe space. A safe space. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, it's a Neil Finn song. It's a Crowded House song. I love them all. Uh, but I say it wouldn't, wouldn't be one of my favourites. I think he's written better songs. Yeah. But it it's, isn't. It's a, it's a good song. It's, I, I want, again, there's another, there's another song where I want to hear. I've, I've heard some, maybe some of the backstory on the song, but I would love to hear the uh, full, full backstory on that song. But it, it's just, yeah, it's just another fun one. And, and that solo, you're right, Sasha, that guitar solo um, is the first, first of the solos I sat down to try to figure out. Um, and it's, it, it's pretty simple, but it's, it, yeah, it's, it's a good one. I just think the layers like of this song, um, just the guitar work is incredible. I, I feel like it's going to be a real grower. And then the bass work, I heard, I read that someone described Nick's work with the bass work as looping. I, I really love yeah, I that. that together. And I just, I need to sit down and listen to each layer, but this is a good example. And then uh, with this song too, I love the backstories to the, the songs when he shares them. Yeah. Yeah. It's really great. It's just, yeah, this song for me was just, you know, it's a fun transition. It's it's got a funky groove to it. That bass line is great. Um, oh, I I wrote down that I, I wanted to research if if butterfly kisses are some kind of a cookie or something, or if it's just a you know what we know as butterfly kisses. But yeah, there's definitely something uh, food related in this song that uh, makes me pretty happy. So it reminds me of chocolate cake, sort of. In a way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. makes sense. Yeah, there is a chocolate reference, right? There's a chocolate swirl in the yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, so, in the yeah. chocolate cake video, he has a butterfly on his shoulder. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, yeah. See, that's why we have the ex- we have the experts on the call. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. Oh, uh, so good. All right. And then we transition. So we're still on side one of the album. Um, if you're if you're thinking vinyl here, and uh, we had uh, whatever you want. It's the next track. Um, and of course, this was uh, this was the first single that we got to uh, got to hear. Um, and, and I will I will readily admit that um, I did not like the song initially because I watched the video first and did not listen to the song on its own. Mm-hmm. I wish I had done that. And I think it would have I would have had a different impression. But now that I have purged the video from my mind, um, I, I can enjoy this song. Yeah, particularly the the bass line again so yeah i think the bass is the, i think that's nick's best bass work mm-hmm. on the album um yeah, I, I yeah mm-hmm. I, I i really I, I like this a lot of people were like oh what is this but i actually really like it and it's really good live like on on the live stream the live from the island it really mm-hmm. um stood out to me um, I think it's one of those songs. There's a couple of Neil songs that are just better live. And I think that's one of them. And I think his voice sounds really, really great on this. Like, I remember playing this for my friend who's not into Credit House. Um, and I've been playing some of the older songs before. And I said, this is their new song. And she was like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, he sounds exactly the same as he did like 30 years ago. And I was like, yeah. 
Um, and I, I like it. It's, it's a good song, um, but I know a lot of people don't, but I like it. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> one, one of the things I listen for when I listen to music, is it a good song that I can go running to? And I really love the driving force of the song. And another similar one is don't stop now. I really like a lot. It's just a great vibe to the song. And I think it's interesting to me too, that Neil, has, I think he said it in an interview. He doesn't write a lot about politics, but he follows they follow, well, him and Liam, I know what well, no Elroy does too. I think they all follow politics pretty closely. He's pretty well read. So that was interesting to see him like going into that territory. Yeah, I was going to ask you how um, uh, how political we wanted to get here. I, you know, obviously, US politics are um, a complete mess and disaster and probably terribly entertaining for the rest of the world. Um, so, but, but I, I, you know, again, some descriptions about the song have come out and, and it being maybe a little more expansive than just a, you know, strict political um, uh, song and, and, you know, about yes men and people that are just willing to, to kind of follow um, a charismatic leader, um, which, yeah, I just happened to be listening to a, another podcast about uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. Um, mm -hmm. And if, if you ever want a, a sordid story, that's a good one to follow. So, you know, we, we have too many of those examples in the, in the U.S., but um, uh, yeah, good, good stuff. Good, good base work. Let's, uh, let's, let's rest on that with, uh, with that one. Um, so the, the last song on the first side is uh, Show Me the Way. And boy, this, this one brought back some, some, you know, talk about kind of a callback song, but Maybe not to what you all might think, but I, I, I want to hear from you all um, your, your thoughts on this song. It's written by um, Liam, isn't it? And I, I kind of, I made the mistake actually of instantly before I even played the record, having a look at who'd written each track. I think, I think Neil I wrote of, it. Yeah, Neil. So there was an error. Oh, I've got that in the wrong yeah. one. No, yeah. you, you uh, actually have it. So on the. It was misprinted. Misprinted mm. on the ah, album. Ah, interesting. Uh, so it actually is, it's a Neil song. Yeah. Well, that makes perfect sense to me because in, in my <laughs> notes, in my notes, I wrote down a chip off the old block, as we say in English. His song was as good as his father. So that, that makes perfect sense to me because I was thinking that's got Neil Finn written all over it. Yeah. <laughs> See, not only is this podcast entertaining, but it's educational. So, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. But uh, what, are your, what are your impressions of it, Charlie? What, uh, tell me about the song. And... I thought it was a great song. I mean, I, I, I wanted it to go further. I like about Neil's songwriting. I like the way the songs sort of develop and move on and evolve. And I felt it, it could have gone further, um, you know, but, uh, but you know, listen, it's a great song. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It, it reminded me, have you all heard the Rain soundtrack? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. This that, this one was a for me. It was a callback to to that soundtrack, and um, I can't remember which song on on that soundtrack off the top of my head, but um, yeah, it just kind of had that same kind of brooding feel. Uh, you know, obviously talking about putting a gun under your pillow and blankets on your window is not the happiest of, um, and and nor was that movie the happiest of movies. But um, have you actually seen it? Yeah. Yeah. I tried looking for it, but then I saw the plot and I was like, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say I enjoyed the movie, but it's one of those movies that you just don't feel so good afterwards. You know? <laughs> but it was well done. Obviously, the soundtrack was, you know, uh, something that we, we're going to enjoy. But um, yeah, the movie's, the movie's not, 
Not all soundtrack's that better than the movie. Mm. Soundtrack's better than the movie for sure. But I, I love the the doo doo doos. Um, it, you know that they really extend that out and and finish that. Uh, you know, you always wonder could you have put some other words in there? But the way they they uh, uh, kind of fade out those the doo doo doos in that song is is really quite nice. Really enjoyed that. And I hear that song, I think of Neil's growing up years, because I hear a lot of Everly Brothers and the music his dad, he said his dad listened to and going like on the movie soundtrack. One of my favorite things that Neil said is that he's written a lot of scores for films that have gotten rejected. And I love how he's very honest and he encourages me so much in my own writing because I know, wow, even Neil sends stuff off to publishers and movie places and they get rejected, but he keeps going. And that I find that really encouraging. Mm -hmm. Foolish, foolish A and R people. What do they? What do they know? So. Isn't the Fang Radio theme was was from a rejected soundtrack? I think. Really? Oh, yeah, the, Harry's yeah. theme. Harry's yeah. Theme, yeah. Mm. And he played that in the concert. He the whole if, when you see the shows, it's so everything is very set up and thought out. The lighting, the music before, and he does Harry's themes theme and then it goes and then they come out on stage the lighting mm. changes and um he was when i talked with him he is loved talking about fang radio he was so touched that people actually listened to it and followed it and he said that he wants to continue doing it when he has time he really enjoys connecting that way that's so great because i have many years to live and so does he and i, I want the music to keep going so <laughs> So uh, let's let's switch over to side B here. Um, flip the flip the vinyl over and uh, kick off with "Good Night Everyone." Well, I think yeah. Well, no, I, I'm trying to gather my thoughts. <laughs> so this is the this is the western. Yeah, uh, I love that about it. It's the it's the western mm -hmm. meets the Greek tragedy. That's yeah, the way I, I think it. about mm -hmm. it. So yeah, yeah. Um, like with the lyrics, I always wonder who they're singing about. Are they singing about their wives or, um, and it had some religious symmetry in it too, from what I remember. And which I think is, so I'm not sure if that was Neil's influence um, of that, but uh, there was quite a bit of religious imagery in this album. And, and maybe that he's at a certain age where he's, I feel like Neil is at the age I feel like he's reflecting on his life and kind of looking back and honestly one of the reasons I think he got off Twitter was to really focus on just cranking out the music he's really focused I, I mean he just him and I have a similar personality that way like I could totally see him being very methodical and saying okay this is what I'm leaving behind and he is he's writing he said he said when he's quiet that means he's writing mm, and I'm sure he's working on another album. He always, always has something going. He's, it's not like him to just sit around. And it's one of the things I admire, I love about him. Yeah, sound, <laughs> sounds like they, they might be using the time in between concerts here to, uh, to crank out the next album. I've, I've seen a few things that lead me to think that they've got enough music for another album. So yeah. um, why, why not go while the going is good? So. Um, yeah, no, I think, you know, for me, this is a, this is a fun song and it's, it, you know, it's got a completely different sound, that Western sound. Um, uh, I mean, just the opening, uh, that twang there, you know, just, just kind of brings you right into that space. But, um, you know, I, I did a little, little research on Electra. Um, Electra comes up a couple of times and 
you know, they spent some time in Greece, so it would not surprise me if there are some connections to, you know, the Greek tragedy and uh, Homer and, um, but, you know, that's, that's for a, a deeper dive. Um, oh, sorry, that's, that's not the last song, but it's closer, close to it. Deeper down, we gotta go deeper down, not take a deeper dive. We'll get to deeper down here in a second. Um, so let's, yeah, let's talk about the uh, next track, which was um, too good for this world. You know, of course there are no singles on the B side here. So um, we didn't get any uh, uh, previews of these songs. So um, yeah, too good for this world. That's my favorite song on the B side. Mm -hmm. like, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say, do you all think it's about Paul? I've heard some I people have said that. that. Yeah. I don't know, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it could be. Um, I think it's about, um, so Tim is credited with the co-write on this album. And I think Neil and Tim were like working on a musical based on that novel, that fancy novel, Mr. Pie. Um, and somebody else actually had pointed this out, but um, in the musical, the the, char the main characters they're referred to as Sailor and uh. and uh, what's that? What's the, oh my god, I'm blanking now. But um, I'm pretty sure it's based on the scrapped musical that he was gonna write with oh, with Tim. Because uh, if you if you look up the the um, the um, the the plot like the main character Mr. Pie he like um he he does good deeds and then he ends up like because it's a fantasy he ends up getting angel wings or whatever so that's that's it all clicked when when I um, these little wings are meant to fly yeah 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 and uh, uh, and goodness is a curse because yeah so uh but that's that's you know that that's my take because I, I wondered if the sailor I hadn't I haven't listened to the lyrics sort of closely but I wondered the sailor reference was a kind of to the island reference. I wanted mm. some mm. sort of connection there. I've made that connection in my head, whether that connection mm -hmm. was there or not. Could be. And uh, and she was just the right size for me, which is kind of a callback to, to the island too. Mm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I wonder about some of these songs, how, how many of these songs have been stewing, uh, you know, in the, uh, in the catalog, back in the vaults for a while and, you know, particularly this song. This song seems to um, seems to have been written at a different time, um, and and it would make sense, uh, you know, if there were, Tim yeah, with, with Tim being involved, and you know, maybe this was a a Finn Brothers slash um, you know side project that they were working on. But you know, it's just yeah, it's you know, it's a, it's a pretty song. Definitely has the the Tim Finn influences to it, um, and uh, you know. Uh, I find myself, you know, singing these choruses uh, every now and yeah. again. You know, maybe not so much as uh, as much as some of the other songs, but you know, again, beautiful, thin writing. So, um, all right, let's go to uh, the next track, which is "Start of Something." Um, it's my favorite, back. I would say. Yeah, I like that a lot. On on the side or on the album? On the album, I think. I mean, it's hard to yeah. favorite, isn't it? But if I had to pick one, I'd say that was it. Yeah, it's it's pretty. It's I love, pretty... I somehow I kind of again I'm probably sort of miss mishearing the lyrics already, but in 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 the in my imagination I wondered if it was about Neil getting the call from 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 Fleetwood Mac. You know, I mean I, I don't think it was anything to do with that, but I just made that sort of connection in my yeah. head. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That is yeah. interesting. Yeah, Neil talks about how he was really shocked to get that call. Just I think he knew Mick Fleetwood, but just out of nowhere. And his, I think they were all shocked and his family convinced him to join Fleetwood Mac. Hmm. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting interpretation. I, I took this as kind of, you know, just, just a, 
a strong um, take on a, a you know a makeup or, or you know breakup and a yeah. makeup or, or vice versa, um, and, and just you know the sort of the tension that there is and um, ending things and starting new things. And uh, I, I didn't read too much into it, I guess, but um, um, uh, yeah, again, just a beautiful song and. You know, a lot of the transitions that they make in these songs are very subtle. Um, you know, they're, they're not grand changes. They're these subtle, you know, half steps that they, they oh, make wow. throughout. Yeah. And they're yeah. just beautiful. And this, this is one of those where it's maybe, maybe a little broader um, transitions than some songs, but um, just beautiful. And, you know, mm -hmm. we get a lot of the falsetto, a lot of Neil's falsetto in this that mm -hmm. we maybe don't here and in, in some of the other songs um and neil's so gifted at melody like tim's even said that as well and i have heard some of neil's earliest stuff like late in rome that he did when he was a teenager mm -hmm. and that when i listened to it and i played it for a friend that's a musician and he said yeah that reminds me he's very much influenced by elton john i think at that point because his piano was his primary instrument and he went pretty far along in his piano studies but i really hear the, the melody in that song and reminds me again, I think I mentioned it was the Everly brothers and just mm. how he grew up and his mother taught them to do I him and his brother that. do that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, on, on a note about mothers and women, let's talk about real life woman. And this <laughs> might, this might turn out to be the controversial song on the album. I don't know, but mm -hmm. um, I've, I've seen some uh, interpretations about who this is about. But let's talk about the song and maybe the content and, and what your uh, what your thoughts are on this one. A really pretty song. <laughs> um, I know a lot, I, I actually it um, I know a lot of people think it's about Stevie Nicks. Um, I think so too. Uh, mm -hmm. It's kind of, um, but I mean it's probably my least favorite on the album it's kind of hard to pick a least favorite and the least favorite because all his songs are like good but I mean that's the one that I come back to the least so that makes it the least favorite um, but it's still by all means a really great song it's just I think there's better songs on the album mm -hmm. yeah if it is about Stevie Nicks, I think it is about Stevie Nicks. And when he joined Fleetwood Mac, I remember reading online, someone said, you know, how's he going to, because one thing I really like about Neil is he doesn't have tolerance for ego. He's a very straight up guy. When, when I talked with him, he really is like very straight up, very Kiwi guy. And I'm like, how is he going to deal with the egos in that band? Like, cause I, 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 this was long before I discovered them, but Ryan Adams, I have read about that. And Neil's talked about his mm. run in with who, who is a real jerk actually. And has, you know, done all kinds of stuff, but yeah, yeah that's, um, so I, when I listened to that as a fan, I'm like, wow, is he going to continue with Fleetwood Mac? If that is about Stevie Nicks, I don't know. I yeah. I, I struggle. I struggle with that interpretation. Um, I mean, you know, I, I don't know what the right answer is. I don't. None of us know what the right answer is. But um, I, you know, if I was going to um, place an interpretation on it, for me, it, it it sounds like it's more about Sharon and their their time together in Pajama Club. And you know, I'm I'm completely um, putting my own spin on this, but I just. I think it's a bit of a callback to to those times that were you know a little simpler and they're just uh, 
in their pajamas, drinking wine, making songs and singing together. And, um, you know, maybe a bit of a recognition of transitions to big things like Fleetwood Mac or, or back to Crowded House. But again, I don't know when this song was written. I don't know who it's written about, but um, it, that just, I, I don't know. It, it's, it, it doesn't seem to fit for me that Neil would write a song about another woman. <laughs> it's probably the simple way to say it, uh, <laughs> unless it's his mother. Um, interesting. <laughs> mm, yeah, just, that's really interesting. You know, just as strong as it seems, you know, they, as Sharon and Neil are as a couple, um, it just, it doesn't resonate for me that he would sing about Stevie Nicks. That just seems, it seems odd to me, but I may be overthinking that, which um, is what we've been doing for the last hour is overthinking this album completely, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a really good point. I never thought about the timing of that song. So Pajama Club, um, that also makes sense. And really when he's written about what, like Hole in the River, is that what it's called? Yeah, um, that he aunt. wrote about his aunt. And yeah. that is unusual for him to write about someone specifically like that. So for him to write about Stevie Nicks at the same time when he's with them, that also doesn't jive too. Seemed a little strange, yeah. Just it just just didn't that that um, nice. gossip didn't and didn't resonate with me. But what do I know? So <laughs> let's go to the next track, which is "Love Isn't Hard at All," uh, commonly known as the Tetris track. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it's a great song, sort of spoiled by the drums, actually. Mm. I really like the song, but there's something about the drums. I don't know if it's just because it's not really a crowded house sound or if I just don't like those drums, but I just, whenever I listen to it, I just think, you know, if, if I was at the desk, mm. I'd get those drums off there. <laughs> <I'd> <laughs> <get> <laughs> the drums off. What do you guys think? I quite like it. Um, yeah, I, I like I like the lyrics. Um, I don't know. I just, I like that. I like that last uh that that last bit with the harmonies and I, I one of the yeah. things that really stands out for me in this album is the harmonies because obviously Credit House has a really good reputation for the you know the harmonies with Tim with with Paul and I think Liam and Elroy have done a really commendable job mm -hmm. of keeping up that tradition with Neil. Yeah same I really like the layering of the voices and I want to go back and listen to the album and focus on like the drums and the bass and the different tracks. Yeah, now I'm going to go back and listen to those drums. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> there was a review, I, I think it was by, um, I can't remember his name, it was a New Zealand music critic, but he talked about Elroy's drum playing live, and he's, um, Simon Sweetman, that's his name, He's a, he wrote, a, a, a re, he's reviewed them quite often, and he said Elroy's like an engine room drummer, and I can say live, Elroy is, yeah, I don't know how to describe it, like he's just, very solid, like live. He's really talented. Yeah, this 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 song for me was um, it's okay. You know, it didn't it didn't jump out of me as as one of the greatest. Um, it, you know, Teresa earlier you mentioned "Don't Stop Now," which um, you know is not one of my favorite Crowded House songs. It's to me it comes off a little messy. Um, you know, it's one of those songs that seems to have like four or five different acts to it <laughs> you're just mm -hmm. wondering where it's going but you know this this one was okay um it's it's fun you know it's another fun song and um 
you know, I think generally this is a, a pretty upbeat, hopeful record, and this kind of fits in that, um, you know, in that that feel. But uh, and I love the, you know, I always love songs that have ocean imagery um, to it. So, you know, uh, the ocean floor uh, uh, imagery always, you know, uh, will, will stand out for me, which is a nice transition to deeper down, of course. Um, the final song on the album and our last song for review. So esteemed panel, tell me about Deeper Down. Um, I, I like, I, it took a while to grow on me. Um, it wasn't like an instant love uh, of, of, actually most of the songs on side B, it wasn't instant for me, but a lot of people talk about how Neil's songs like take a while to grow on you, um, that it's more rewarding the more you listen to them. And I, I like the lyrics on, on, on Deeper Down, um, that, that line of, why, why, why I never want to wallow. I think that's a really, that's a really mm. good um, mm. positive message that kind of stuck with me. Um, mm. And you're right about this album being sort of upbeat album, which is, which is nice because if I, you know, after the year 2020 that we've all had, I would not know what to do with myself. If Credit House made a sad album, I would just, <laughs> it would be, yeah. I would be, but you know, I, I, I quite like, I think it's a really fitting way to, to close the album. I think it's kind of got the same vibe for me as Addicted on Try Whistling. There's like a very mellow closer, like very low key, sort of like, you know, Bad Times Good was a mellow opener. So I think it kind of fits. I, I, I had the same thought. It's a nice, I thought it was a nice bookend to the album. You know, the, the, um, yeah, uh, Bad Times Good and, and uh, Deeper Down were nice bookends to the album as a whole. Um, and I just, I love the, the chorus to this. I mean, I, I cannot stop singing. You know, when you think it's getting rough on the surface high above, I'm always reaching out for love a little deeper down. I mean, it's just, and, and you know, in my nature, you can trust more than hunger, more than lust. I'm always reaching out for love a little deeper. Down. I mean, it's just beautiful. And mm. I don't know, mm -hmm. to me, that's just one of the most perfect choruses ever written. I mean, it's just, just absolutely beautiful. Mm. Um, the, the, yeah, the tempo of it and the the words and just the whole bit is just I love it just the, the whole the whole package right there is just beautiful mm. yeah I just love the sense of optimism and a lot of Neil's music and hope and probably the other thing it's very spiritually and thoughtful and you know even um just like his outlook I, I love how he's always looking forward and he just is very grounded but very optimistic mm. So let's uh, let's let's try to summarize this a bit. Your, if you, uh, what's your elevator speech to your friend who's never heard Crowded House before? How do you sell them on this album? Thank you. Crowded House at ease, I would say. It's Crowded House feeling feeling confident, feeling positive, mm. and it's at ease. Mm. And I sort of felt I made some notes. I'm not sure if I totally agree with this, but you know, there isn't a there isn't an in my command or something so strong or a tall trees on it. There isn't the sort of track that leaps out and grabs you but I quite like that about it I think I think it sounds like an album and I've played it I've kind of played it and listened to it if that makes sense and I've really engaged in it and I've loved it and I've played it when I've had it on just when I've been working and it starts and it ends and I kind of go nice I want to put that on again it's very cohesive yeah that's a good word that's yeah. the word I was looking for <laughs> yeah. there you go um, um 
Yeah, I think it's it's crowded house in a new era, and I think mm-hmm. um, yeah. a, a lot of people were whining. Oh, it doesn't sound like together alone. Doesn't sound like together alone, or or what? I I mean, I would hope it doesn't sound like together yeah. alone. Twenty five years okay. after the fact. I mean, you're not doing the same thing you were twenty five years ago. Why do you expect Neil to be doing the same thing twenty five years later? I think it's much better for them to take a step into a new era instead of mm-hmm. trying to recreate their past glories. Because a lot of a lot of bands try to do that now, and it's just kind of sad like Teresa said it's good that Neil's always looking forward rather than backwards and I think this is a really fitting like he described it as credit house of mark three and I think that's that's Mm -hmm. really fitting it's it's a new era it's a new lineup and it sounds different but it's recognizably crowded Mm -hmm. house yeah I would say the same I was thinking about that this morning and I would say if it sounds like crowded house in 2020 and 21 i was thinking they it's a band it's the same band but they've evolved and when people say oh it's not like this album or together alone well artists need to evolve i mean that's one of the big parts of being an artist is you're trying new things and you're you're just growing as a person so if they didn't evolve if neil didn't want to evolve that would concern me you bet you want yeah. to keep growing no, I think you're. I think you're right. I, you know, one of, one of the reasons I went through that exercise of, um, you know, the chronology of albums of, of Neil Finn's catalog, and I was thinking about that evolution. And, you know, to me, this album was a natural evolution from um, Out of Silence. You know, it just it it a lot of these songs I think would, would have fit well on that album, and it would not surprise me if a couple of these songs were maybe, you know, considered for that album. Um, or, or part of that, you know, that that night of furious uh, uh, songwriting, but yeah, it's it's just it's a nice evolution, and of course, you know, you have the consistency of of Nick um, on bass in the band. So you know, mm-hmm. I, I think for a lot of folks, and maybe for me, you know, Crowded House, um, sort of the ideal lineup for Crowded House includes uh, Neil, Nick, and Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, that's that's impossible now these days, right? You know, it's it's been impossible for quite some time. Um, but you have that consistency of, of Neil's songwriting, Nick's bass work, and and how Neil has you know sort of filled the space around him has been consistent as well. Um, so you know, I, I'm you know obviously very happy to have this album and very satisfied with you know with the the quality of what we got. I mean, it's just it's really fantastic. And again, you know, a, a blessing to, to be able to enjoy this music, um, you know, for so many years. Um, we didn't talk about the artwork. We didn't talk about the cover. Oh. We should, we should talk about that real quick. So here we go. There's the cover. Oh, here's the back, which is uh, an even bigger sheep with a volcano in the background. You always have to have a volcano. An even bigger sheep, but he's got a large sheep. Yeah, it's a very large sheep. <laughs> yeah. This is a... And that background they had on the stage with them. Oh. So that's a huge sheep, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had the sheep. I don't, I couldn't see, I if, but I know part of it. They had it in front of, I think maybe in front of where Mitchell was playing. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I like the, I, on the back, like the, the it kind of looks like um, the, the Green Hills. It kind of reminds me a little bit of like, um, you know, Neil on the Temple of Lomen cover mm-hmm. when uh, yeah. it, it just, I, it's just classic Nick. Nick. I love Nick's art style. Mm-hmm. It's very recognizable. It's, 
it's it's you know I I love him he's he's great <laughs> he can do no wrong in my eyes <laughs> do you do you all know if that's I would say for us it's it's something like prickly pear is the uh, oh, yeah. um, but I don't know is that I don't know if that's native to New Zealand or if there's something similar but yeah um, I wonder if that's you know what that vegetation is what that plant is um, yeah but yeah no I, I love everything about it even the uh, even the font they used was uh, was kind of reminiscent of Temple of Loman and um, yeah yeah kind of it's, it's real nice other questions for the panel. What do you think that Neil's going to do next? <laughs> I hope he does whatever he wants to do. Honestly, yeah. I, he doesn't know me a thing. <laughs> so do, do whatever you want. I think he said that they're working on a new Crowded House album, or yeah. I could I could be wrong, but I just I just want to see them. I just want to see them, and that's you know that's my greatest wish at the moment. I hope. Oh yeah, I I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll tour the U.S. in the fall because I see a lot of people uh, oh, touring the U.S. and yeah, but who knows? Who knows? Awesome. Thanks for taking the time to be thinking about it and. I know it was tough work to have to listen to the album, you know, several hundred more times. Um, so thank you all for um, for taking the time. And Sasha, it's great to great to meet you. And Teresa, great to meet you as well. Charlie, great to have you back. And um, I think we'll probably be talking with each other more and hearing more from from each other um, in, in the coming year. And again. Wouldn't it be great if we were all at the same show at some point? That'd be amazing. We'd love that. So, um, yeah. yeah. So you all be well and uh, we look forward to, to catching up with y'all soon. Right. Thank Thanks. you very much. Yeah, take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> so my friends, we don't have to dream it's over. We have another great crowded house album to add to the collection. We have the hope of seeing the band in concert in 2022, and we may also have more crowded house music to come. Until next time, sweet dreams, make waves, find peace, and stop by Mr. Chow's for some Peking duck. <laughs>